Hey, thanks for listening to the Two Pros and a Cup of Joe podcast with Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox, and myself, LeVar Arrington. Make sure you catch us live weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern or 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. You can find your local station for the Two Pros and a Cup of Joe show over at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Yeah. Rock, man. Ugh. Hear that bass trigger? Huh. Hear it, huh. Brady? Come on. Come on, tell me yeah. you hear it, Brady. Huh. Huh. Come on. Yeah. I, I don't hear it. I mean, I'm listening. I just Roberto, I don't, pot I don't it up. Pot it. Let him hear it. You don't hear the bass trigger? Come on, man. Why can't you just call it bass? Why has it got to be bass trigger? Like, because why that's you gotta, what it is. That's why you got to try to upstage everyone? Because a bass drum is the, is the oomph, the rhythm in the background, but the bass trigger adds a boom. To it and it sounds better, you know, when you're recording. What does it add to it? A little. I can tell you what sounds like that. Berto, show him what sounds like that. Let's get this. Can we just like keep it above the mouth? (laughs) What does that sound like, Berto? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. By the way, that's not actually a sound drop. That's Lee Delap barking from both ends, Mm. uh, like he does uh, normally here. Uh, So, but Mm. uh, (laughs) good to have Lee. Lee Lee needed a little bit of rest after after (laughs) tearing down the control room. (laughs) He did. Yeah, Lee went on a rampage. There was a couple of days there where Roberto almost put in his two weeks because Lee was just annihilating the studio. Uh, but uh, we're all good. All good here. It's two pros and a cup of Joe. Fox Sports Radio, LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox with you here on FSR. You can hang out with us on the iHeartRadio app. You can find us on hundreds of Fox Sports Radio affiliates and wherever you are making us a part of your Friday. It's a football Friday in the words of Brady Quinn and we're going to take you all the way up until uh, 9 Eastern time, 6 o'clock Pacific here on FSR. Uh, and uh, um, well, it appears that uh, Baker Mayfield uh, cannot help himself, cannot resist, uh, cannot uh, you know stop from uh, responding to reports or whatnot that are out there. Uh, we discussed this yesterday on the show, the report from Mary Kay Cabot, who's been covering the Cleveland Browns for a long time for the Cleveland Plain Dealer, Cleveland.com. And she discussed how Baker Mayfield and Kevin Stefanski uh, were not seeing eye to eye. Baker Mayfield was frustrated with the way the offense was this year uh, and that if things aren't changed, that he would consider asking for a trade. Well, Baker Mayfield took to social media yesterday to Twitter, responded to Mary Kay Cabot and said, quote, With a battle axe. Clickbait. You and many what, other what type Cle- of bait? Clickbait. Okay, all right. Just you and sure. uh, many other Cleveland local media continue to be drama stirring reporters with no sources or facts. Don't put words in my mouth so you can put food on your table. I'm not your puppet. Pff. Mic drop. So there it is, Brady. Yeah, Apparently, let's, let's let Brady have that. Yeah, let's oh, yeah. 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 The clicker Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, so there's a couple things at play here. Uh, let me just first say this. I spent three years, was drafted to the Cleveland Browns, and I, I know a lot of the local media members who are still there now. Mary Kay Cabot does a heck of a job. And the odd thing about this and what Baker Mayfield has now done is that, you know, at, for a period of time, 
there was, and, and this was well documented, Baker Mayfield had a very contentious relationship with Tony Grossi, who's been a longtime sports reporter in the Cleveland area market. And so much so that, if you'll recall, there was a comment, and I believe it happened at Super Bowl, where Grossi had said something on a hot mic. And I think he had been, I don't know if he was suspended, but there, there, he had to issue a public apology. And you could kind of tell, obviously, Grossi really just didn't like Baker. And, and that came out. And, and it was early on in Baker's career. And I, I think they've professionally, to a degree, maybe patched things up. But, you know, I, I don't think that Baker's ever forgotten what Tony Grossi has said about him. Uh, and, and the only reason I bring that up is because I feel like because of the lack of success early on in his career, even though he, he won Offensive Rookie of the Year, you know, you, you had some of those individual things. There's always kind of been some questions about whether or not he's the guy. And I think we'd all admit, based on how Baker has handled the media, that he hears everything, he reads everything, and he's, and he's fired back at a lot of people. The reason why I bring up kind of the history and the backstory of all this is because Mary Kay Cabot has always been favorable to Baker Mayfield. And in many instances, when things were rough or adverse, you know, you saw a lot of things positively that came or positive that came out of the Baker Mayfield camp. And it was usually Mary Kay Cabot talking about it. And so it's it's a bit surprising. I mean, even I, I believe earlier on this season, she kind of talked about all the injuries that he was going through and all the things he was dealing with. So people weren't so harsh on him because of his his play this season. And so it's odd now that this is all turned just because of what was probably either said privately or talked about privately and has now become public. And that's what's odd about this is is it's not beyond the realm of, hey, my agent's been talking with the team for a long period of time. We'd like to do a long-term deal. And the team gives them an offer. They say, come on, this isn't anywhere close to where we need to be. And if you're not willing to do this with us, give us the opportunity to get traded somewhere else where we can go get the contract we're looking for. Like, that's not beyond the realm of possibility. And, and, I, and I also don't think that, like, people would be upset if they found out that that conversation took place and they're, if they're Browns fans. Because, you know, at the end of the day, you don't want to hold a guy back for being able to get what he's looking for, what he wants. And if the Browns don't want to give him that, let him go somewhere else and get it. So, you know, th- this has become a bigger deal because obviously Baker wants to kind of cut, cut this thing off at the head because he very well realizes he could be playing for the Browns next season and he doesn't want to have that fan base turn on him, especially coming off of what was his worst statistical year. So, you know, I, I'm not going to sit here and weigh in on like either side and all this whole situation. I just think to not think that those discussions haven't taken place between the Browns and his representation You'd be foolish. I mean, you'd be foolish at this point to not sit there and say that, like, Baker Mayfield probably doesn't want to go to the Kirk Cousins route, where he plays his fifth year, then he puts the team in the bind, where they have to look at franchise tagging him, and then then are are they going to offer him what, you know, he's going to make under the first two years of a tag and a third year as well? Like, when you start talking about these deals, that's the structure. Like, once you involve the franchise tag, that's where the player's kind of one, at least in regards to what the baseline negotiation should be for a quarterback for an extension. Because you have to involve three years under the franchise tag. Or at least that has to be kind of the groundwork 
of what you're looking at at, at offering a player. And, and I don't know that Baker wants to do that. I don't know that the team necessarily wants to do that either. But, you know, to say that they haven't had conversations then of, all right, let's, let's go our separate ways, you know, it, to me it's forced to think that that hasn't been discussed or that hasn't been floated out there. So I don't know why he's being so hard on her because um, she's defended him throughout the course of his career and even earlier this season. Um, so you mentioned the uh, Tony Grossi comment. It was at the scouting combine a couple of years ago. He called Mayfield an, an effing midget. Uh, so there's that. An effing midget. Oh, wow. All right. Listen, I, look, uh, hey, I got well, it. Look, Broadcast look, he, professional he, he, here. He apologized. It was a hot mic. Yes. He had apologized. <laughs> um, and, and I believe he was suspended for a period of time. Uh, he, so, again, I, I'm, not, I'm only pointing that out for a reason because – you know, him and Baker had a very contentious relationship. There's yeah. many times you heard their exchanges and you're like, wow, like these two don't like each other. It's not that often you see a player and a local media member have that sort of relationship, but it seems like there's been some of that with Baker there in Cleveland. You guys have told me that there, look, there are certain, we know this, but you as as players know it better than anybody, that there are certain media markets where it's not like it is in other places. I mean, stop me if I'm wrong, Brady, but... Is Cleveland, I mean, are, are they just dogs there? Are they bulldogs in the media? They're going to come mean, after you at all, at all I walks mean, is, of life? Are you trying, is that a pun? No, I'm, I'm serious. Like, no, yeah, I don't, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, but, I mean, you guys both played New York. I mean, is it New York in Cleveland? So if he's got a problem with this, what's it going to be like if he ends up somewhere well, else? I'll, I'll say this generally speaking. A lot of the, at least in my experience, and LeVar can speak to his, you know, when you we talk about like Kansas City, uh, you know, back in St. Louis or uh, Cleveland, um, those those cities, and even Denver to a degree, like the local beat reporters, they don't want to write like a hit piece or these negative pieces about the team, a coach, anyone. Like they want to have success. Like they want to be able to go to the Super Bowl and be interviewed by everyone too, and talk about the team they've covered for years. Like, I don't want to call them fans because they have a job to do. And when you play poorly, they're going to let you know, as they should. That's their job. But there are times where you see that they are a fan. Like, when things are going well, you see them excited because they're excited to talk about success. They're excited about what could be. They're excited about all those things. And so, you know, a lot of them grew up in the local area and they didn't want to leave because they feel like they've got a dream job and they love what they're doing. So that's kind of the difference, I think, in some of the smaller markets in comparison to uh, New York, where when you go to that New York market, you know, a lot of those reporters and some are well established, but some are just trying to figure out their way of how they can differentiate themselves or stand out. And so they're looking for dirt or they're looking for controversy or they're looking for an inside scoop. And it's really, really competitive. And also, you know, you you think about that, those media markets, you know, you have to have something um, that's sensationalized in order to grab a headline, in order to grab attention. It can't just be kind of ho-hum, where, you, I, where I think you can in smaller markets. So um, it, it's just it's a difference in, I think, what you're getting from those individuals, where, where some literally grow up as fans, and they, and they want you to have success, and they want to write those good stories, whereas other, it's, others it's more about their career path and trying to make a name for themselves, especially in bigger cities. And that's D.C. Most people are trying to get to the next level when they're – doing media in D.C. And you'll see more often than not, most national media figures started in D.C. Um, and, and so for me, I, I ultimately think one point that needed to be uh, put out there is the relationships as well. A beat reporter has to be on the beat every day. 
you don't want to do those those hit pieces. You don't want to fracture uh, a trust uh, built relationship with the player players. You don't want to burn yourself in that locker room because you got to go in there every day, every day. So imagine if you're that person. It's like up oh, there they are. I remember f- friend friend from I, I've, have I said this on on air before. A uh, friend, the, he was a writer for the the four letter word uh, magazine back then, and I mean he did a hit job article on like a feature hit job article on me in in the magazine. He wasn't allowed back in the locker room. Like I told, I told upper management, you know uh, the the people upstairs, this guy is not allowed back in this locker room. What he did, what he did to me in that in that article. I will not allow for him to do that to somebody else in this locker room. He will not come in here and have the opportunity to use somebody's vulnerability against them for an article where you want to paint a negative picture towards that person. He wasn't allowed back in there. I don't think I ever saw him again back in our locker room for the door rate. In fact, it was so bad, I mistook him for another another media personality, another reporter I think it was daily, and I had him thrown out of the locker room, and I, for, I you know, I, I I found out that it wasn't him, so I ran and got him, and and I, you know, I let the people know he was allowed back in the locker room, but I even had him thrown out by I just thought it looked like him, <laughs> right? So the idea of it is, you don't want to deteriorate. It's like it's like a knee, right? For for a reporter. To come into a locker room, that is our safe haven. That for, as a player, that is your place, right? That that if there's one place that's safe for us as players, it's our locker room. So when you come into that locker room and they open it up to the reporters to come in there during their reporting time, if you it's it's like the cartilage. If you wear it away with bad stories. Then as time goes on, then you get those little micro fractures and then you get holes and then now the bones are exposed. Now you're, before you know it, you're bone on bone. If you are a bone on bone reporter, you're not going to have longevity in this business. Uh, Manish Mehta, perfect example. Manish Mehta, Brady, uh, covered the Jets for the New York Daily News. I I mean, he's literally. One of the all time biggest, biggest, like baffling deals how, who who was he reporting for back then? Uh, New York Daily News. New York Daily News. Uh, Yeah. And it was a disaster. Like he literally lost his credential because it was so bad. Well, it was bad because there was all sorts of things going on behind the scenes people didn't even know about. I mean, he was sending other people. I mean, this completely breaks journalistic integrity. To um, trying to get into the locker room, trying to get into to press conference and things, he was sending other people on his behalf and trying to write off of that. One, which is like a, a no-no, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and then there was even like him spying and doing things outside <laughs> of the facility on the head coach <laughs> yes. at that time. Yes. Like trying to find out things, trying to pay people off for like dirt and different things. Like it became odd and personal. Wasn't there like a fake burner account? There was that. And then it didn't got he, discovered. Didn't he like uh, follow kids to school? Like yeah. he was like Jeez. tracking the I'm kids saying, to dude. school. He was tracking the head coach's family to school. I mean, it was some of the creepiest stuff you could ever imagine 
all to try to get a scoop and try to rise up and all this stuff. But it became like personal in this, like the, this vendetta. And now he, I don't think he's reporting any longer in sports. No, it, it was a disaster. I just, uh, when it comes to Mary Kay Cabot, I, I, don't, I don't know her. We've, she's, I've interviewed her a couple of times. She's been on Fox Sports Radio before. I've always got, she's always seemed really cool and, and seems like she's pretty well respected by everybody who's ever come in contact with her. I just... I find it hard to believe she would just make this story up out of thin air. Just completely make it up out of thin air and just throw it out there, you know, right before the season finale. It doesn't just, benefit her to do no, that. No. And, and, it, it just doesn't. And, 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 well, again, especially because of the relationship she's displayed with Baker over the course of his time. Like yeah. She has been a defender of him. And, and I'll say this just from my inner workings with her, um, you know, back when I played, this is what, over a decade ago. I would just say that they were all fair. Like I never thought anyone within that um, that local media group ever crossed a boundary. I mean, there really wasn't anyone that I came across that was like that. And, and I don't know, maybe that had more to do with the fact that I, I try to treat everyone with, with respect, you know. And, and I think that's you know where I, when you have a, a nice working relationship with people and understand that, look, they don't want to write a, a bad piece on you when you play bad either, but that's their job. That's, that's, that's part of what they have to do. You don't put food on the table for them. Their job does, and they have to tell it how they see it, or they have to tell it based on what's said and what's reported, what the film looks like, and what their interpretation is. Whether it's right or wrong, doesn't matter. Like, that's their job. And I think a lot of players have a hard time, you know, dealing with that, you know, just hearing anything negative, just because usually coming to the league, they've always been praised their entire life. It's uh, two pros and a cup of Joe here. Fox Sports Radio brought to you by Discover. Real credit card questions require real people, someone who understands your issues and works to resolve them with you. That's why Discover offers helpful U.S.-based representatives available 24-7. Discover, exceptionally common sense. LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox. Coming up next, uh, you've got somebody on the verge of a huge payday from an unlikely source in the world of football. We'll get into that for you right here on FSR. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Two Pros and a Cup of Joe, Fox Sports Radio. Lavar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox with you here on FSR. They say AB need help. <laughs> Listen, I say Jonas right, need help. That's, uh, yeah. Every single week, I feel like that's said at least once or twice. Yes. I mean, yeah. look. Uh, we'll look back on, on these times and we'll do a highlight films of all the times that was or highlight audio of how many times it's been said when it happens. Just like we it, said it. Calling it how it is, man. All right. Just we saying. said it. He needs help. Hey, by the way, can I ask you guys this? Okay. All right. We are going to have um, over-unders later this hour and uh, somebody's on the verge of getting paid. Um, okay. Let me just ask you this. Come on. If you had to. Mm. Right. Nope. Oh, no. no. Okay. Absolutely not. We've been talking about the Antonio Brown fiasco. Nope. No, this, this is about like, you know, his career and what's going on. Nope. If you had to. Nope. Would you rather lick a toilet seat or a doorknob? I would do neither. Okay. I, I understand. But if you no, had to. No, there is no if I had to. If you had to. I, I'll, I'll take the physical challenge. Because I would argue a toilet seat has less germs than a doorknob. <laughs> Doesn't that depend on whose toilet seat? Well, because think about it. Assuming everybody showers, you know, you're you're wearing pants. So it's not like you're getting germs from anywhere outside of whatever you have on your pants. A door handle, Do you anybody missing, can be grabbed. No, it. no, you're missing a really key component. What's that? It doesn't matter if you showered or not. 
what's happening in that toilet to that toilet, it is not being cleaned after every single use. I mean, it depends probably what toilet, but you just generally said a toilet. I mean, yes. imagine a public restroom. It's maybe getting cleaned once a day. Do you think a public restroom has more germs? I think you're getting than, way than yes. a doorknob. I, I I think I'm gonna go with doorknob on. Uh, I, I did a I did a, a service. I did a serve uh, a a public. I mean, this uh, is important stuff. PSA. Not not a, no. It it was like a an experiment of of social norms. The humping the pole. And let me tell you something. No no. It's like like go into an elevator and don't don't look at don't look forward. Look look to the side. Okay. Like different things yeah. like that, right? And one was one was uh, social norms of how we are classically trained to grab rails. Like I will not ever since I did that experiment, I will never I've never touched an escalator rail ever <laughs> in my entire life. Why? <laughs> Bro, let me tell you something. <clears throat> the amount of disgust that you will have Go go sit out a shopping mall or go to an airport. I did I did it in an airport and in a shopping mall, and the things you see: people coughing, putting their hand down; people yeah. picking their nose, putting their hand down; shifting gears in their kids, pants; kids doing things, putting their hands on there. It, it, there, I mean, you saw I saw green. I saw, I saw different colors of of snot. <laughs> I'm just telling you, it had to been one of the most repulsive things I've yeah. ever done, keeping notes on how many forms of different types of contact were taking place on those on those rails. And that's a doorknob. It, that's a doorknob. Yeah, I'm telling you, that's Brady. That's a doorknob. I'm telling you, man, if you got to do one, you got to lick a toilet over a doorknob. I'm, telling I'm you. not licking either one. I, I'm not either. I'm, I'm going to take, take the physical challenge yeah. on that one, but I, I, you'd be surprised the gazillion, gabillion, tragillion of germs that are going on yeah. handles and rails. Nasty, man. Uh, I, bro, it's, the, it's disgusting. Yeah. Okay, I'm done. See, Brady? No, but I will say this, to Brady's point, <laughs> I would never do uh, that experiment watching people go into the restroom. Yeah. Thank you. So yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's a non-starter. It's yeah. not. It's not even. You're not even contemplating it. Yeah, I would never do it. I, I do yeah. like how you brought up the physical challenge. I don't know if people realize uh, back in the day, double dare. Yeah, was the real come deal, on, man. take the physical, the physical challenge. challenge. This is a slide down it. the uh, reach into the uh, big it. nose and grab the flag. You got the chocolate slide. Yeah. Uh, man, that, what a great game! Is that game still around? No. Uh, let's go live to our. I know people in Hollywood insider Lee Delap for the latest. Lee, they did bring it around for a special edition and. Anniversary, but it's gone now. Come on, man, bring back. Double I knew Dare. one of the people that did that too. Summer Sanders. I mean, they if went to Penn State. If you're gonna if you're gonna bring back some of the other crap they're bringing back, like the 55 uh, different uh, Star Wars, Boba Fett, hey, uh, C five POs relax. or whatever it's called. Hey, 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 on, bring back Relax, Dare. bro. Hey, on, hey, Berto, relax. <laughs> yeah, y'all relax. It's insulting, right. Roberto. Hey, don't Pick do that. People. There's so, certain things you stay away from. Don't don't 
Don't do that. Yeah. All right. Be careful there, man. All right. I'm going to go watch some Star Wars after this show. Hey, you know what? That's a good point. Two pros and a cup of Joe here, Fox Sports Radio. We're going to have over-unders coming up uh, as we try and make you some money and call our shots uh, in the next 15 minutes from now here on FSR. Uh, Did you guys see uh, the latest on Caleb Williams, uh, who's in the uh, transfer portal, uh, trying to see what, uh, you know, what the best landing spot is for him? Uh, Charlie Batch, uh, the former NFL quarterback. (laughs) Yeah, Eastern Michigan alum. Uh, went on Twitter and he offered because uh, he works with a uh, an investment firm and he is offering uh, Caleb Williams one million dollars for one year at Eastern Michigan. So um, you guys had uh, been pointing this out, Brady, that uh, this is uh, just the beginning. Uh, there's going to be a lot of this that's going to be coming up. And now we got Eastern Michigan alums and former players offering Caleb Williams a million bucks to go play there for a year. So here we go. Off and running. Yeah, go to the Yip. Yip Solani, I believe, is where old uh, <laughs> Eastern Michigan is. Yeah, uh, not too far from Ann Arbor. Uh, but it, it's, it, it's what it is. It's free agency now in college football. I haven't followed it. I really don't care. Um, I'm, I'm happy the players can are able to profit off their name, image, and likeness. But as I've said before, I, I do think as as much as it's good from a professional standpoint for these athletes, and it's going to force them to have to learn how to manage their actions, their brands, all of that, I do think we're getting away from teaching fundamental lessons like – how to actually commit to something. I mean, my God, like we can't commit to a school now for more than a year. Like how, how are we teaching kids to commit to anything like a relationship, a marriage? Like we can't commit to four years at one school anymore. And, and I understand there's like a lot of other circumstances, but we're already, I think there's 1500 kids across all college football. I think it's all levels that are in the transfer portal. But think about that, 1,500 kids. And what we only read about and hear about are is Caleb Williams or Jameer Gibbs, who's, by the way, already practicing with Alabama. Um, he's going to be a future star, for those of you who don't know. He's a running back from Georgia Tech, had a phenomenal year, great player, now plays for the Alabama Crimson Tide. He's already practicing to help prepare them for the national championship game. So... Um, we only hear about those top players, the top 1% usually. There's a lot that doesn't pan out. They think the grass is greener. They go somewhere else. They end up picking a place, and it's all about football, and it doesn't work out. And then, and then what are they left with? I mean, they don't have a network as, as much. You know, you didn't have that time to spend and be with your friends and develop those bonds and relationships. It's just I think it's a, it's a bad lesson we're creating and teaching these kids at some point. We should have more structure to all of this. I'm not trying to limit what the kids can make, but for the love of God, can we make it more than just a one-year commitment at a time? Like, so what's Caleb Williams going to do? Start at Oklahoma, jump to Eastern Michigan for a million bucks, oh, yeah. and then after that, look to go somewhere else? I mean, it just the whole thing doesn't make sense. I know it seems unlikely he's going to go to the yip, but uh, the, the truth is, is, is that's what's out there. That's what's enticing some of these kids and it's just it's odd to me that no one's calling for more structure or they're not saying we whoever it may be we just need a little bit more oversight or governance over this to provide some structure for these kids and for these schools and probably for their parents too hmm. I, I i subscribe to that and i i agree that learning those valuable lessons of perseverance and 
testing your your commitment level to to what it is that you've committed to in terms of your goals are very very important. I think I think we also have to start to take a look at the educational value moving forward. It, the the innocence is now being sucked out of it. It, it maybe it had always been being sucked out of it. But I think with where we are now, the innocence of everything is gone. And you have to accept that this is now the new norm. And understanding the new norm means to adapt and to adjust. And I think the biggest thing here is, and I know Caleb, but Caleb, Caleb is a part of my program. Um, he's a mammal. Uh, and he's he's got a he's got a strong, strong family system. His his father is a is a businessman. A uh, very success, successful businessman out of out of the Maryland area. Uh, it's going to come down to the educational value of the families and how that educational value is is now um, moved or 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 I guess precipitated with your children. You're going to have to now start looking at curriculum in high school where it's used to educate young men and women on the business of sport. It is it's no longer it's no longer okay to just call sports extracurricular. It has to become a part of the curriculum otherwise you're running the risk of creating one of the biggest fails in in our our history's culture or our culture's history, because now you're going to have families. And I said this before, I said this at the beginning of, of the NIL era and, and, and just, just follow me. It's almost like the drug game. And, and the reason why it becomes like the drug game is because you, you are now, you are now falling victim to a system that basically victimizes you based off of a product. That product being you chasing the money that's connected to the sport. And now these kids are going to start to go to the highest bidder. So so basically, in essence, if these parents aren't, aren't educated, if these kids are not well represented in terms of what their family structure and family unit is, they are going to go to the highest bit. They, they're basically going to be sold off. They are going to be hustled off. So they're, they're, their representation of basically of, of the product that's being moved out there, and it's going to destroy families, just like it did in, in the drug game. It's going to destroy families because it's going to be this person sold you out. Oh, my uncle sold you out over here. I'm the handler. My mother sold me out over here. I'm the mother. My my grandmother said for the church, she sold me out over here. So now this kid is owing three different entities of what's going on, and how do they get out of it? Now that now you have the kid who's ever in in right directly in tune with the kid. Now they have committed to something. If they don't find a way. To educate these families, because there will be casualties. There, we will start to hear of some tremendous casualties in this NIL movement. If if there isn't a real commitment 
to how these kids and these families are educated and the parameters of what's going to take place, it's going to be the highest. What Charlie Batch did was say it's going to be the highest bidders that get these kids, and then you're going to find out immediately what teams, what cities, what markets, what communities have the most money because they are going to start putting it out there. I'll give you, oh, Charlie Batch will give you a million, Caleb. We'll give you five million, <laughs> right? So now, now it's going to become a measuring battle of of that in terms of who can sling the most, you know what, onto the table. Right. It's going to get that, super ugly. That man. offer only makes uh, Caleb Williams richer, right? Because he's, he's not going to Eastern Michigan, but no. what it does is create at least a floor. Where everyone else who's coming in, they, they might dare him and say, okay, go, go take a million dollars, go to Eastern Michigan, go to, go to Ypsilanti if you want to go there for a year. But it literally is going to set the floor for negotiations. So anyone who wants Caleb now moving forward, you know at least what you got to pay for one year. Good God, If not man. more. I mean, that, that's what this has done. It set up a public framework for what he will be paid at a minimum. Uh, the, for a year. The uh, sports betting dime had uh, some odds on Caleb Williams' next team. That's crazy. Um, uh, you want to take a stab at the uh, top three, Brady? You want to take a stab at who you think the top three favorites uh, Georgia. are? Georgia. That's correct. That's number one. USC. That is correct. That's number two. Brady, can you go three for three? Can I go for th- three Three for three? Um, what would be the last one? Can't be Bama because Bryce Young's still there. Um, I'm not going to say Oklahoma either. Yes. Mm, is it Oklahoma? That is correct. Brady Quinn, okay. you have done it. Thank Caleb you, LeVar. Williams. Thank you, LeVar. No worries. No worries. Caleb no. Williams. That was just me on your shoulder. Hey, I That's didn't all. see it. Listen, you, uh, uh, the, the ref was looking the other way. Uh, we saw the hot tag, and uh, yes, that is correct. Georgia, USC, Oklahoma. Oklahoma tied with Miami as far as uh, next uh, next team for Caleb Williams. So, yeah, interesting. You know, you can't bet on those. Which is interesting but. to check. Like, don't they do that in poker check? Isn't that isn't that how he could end yeah. up back at Oklahoma? Check, yeah. check, check. Yep. Right. Yeah. I mean, he hasn't ruled it out, but you know, it's a little bit. Uh, I mean, you and know. and you can't be mad well, at this. Is, Dylan Gabriel, I think, has already transferred. But well, would play with Jeff Levy, their OC at UCF, the running so back, right? No, the quarterback. The quarterback, Dylan Gabriel. Yeah. But just super quick, Caleb is in a situation where he lost a coach. So right. you can't be mad at him for weighing no. out his options. So Oklahoma, no. they have just as much opportunity to make this right as any other team. So, I mean, it works in his favor to leverage it this way because it's not like he's just jumping out there with no reason to. It's uh, two pros and a cup of Joe, Fox Sports Radio. We got over-unders as we look ahead to a busy weekend in the NFL. It's yours right here on FSR. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. He's Mike Carmen. I'm Dan Byer, and we have a brand new fantasy football podcast called I Want Your Flex. Twice a week, every Tuesday and Friday, we come up with new episodes to not only look back at what happened, what you need to do at that minute, and also look ahead of what's coming up in the fantasy football world. That's right, Dan. Every week, we're going to scour the waiver wire to find the pickups to turbo boost your fantasy lineup, sits, starts, fantasy football players' rankings to get you ready to dominate the competition. Listen to I Want Your Flex with Mike Harmon and me, Dan Beyer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts speak pimping baby <laughs> you know why you 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 know why 
It's two pros and a cup of Joe, Keep Fox Sports Radio. Hey, ah. LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox with you here on FSR. Uh, coming up top of next hour, we are going to uh, look ahead uh, in the uh, NFL. we got some great matchups. We've also got somebody defending themselves in the em. NFL, so we'll do that for you here uh, top of next hour. Uh, I do want to let you know before we get to uh, over-unders, we are brought to you by Discover. If you're a valued customer, you deserve a simple gesture of appreciation from your credit card company, and that's why Discover matches all the cash back you earn at the end of your first year discover exceptionally common sense learn more at discover.com slash match limitations apply time to put your money where your mouth is i have been losing you know you're a lying low-life gambling degenerate it's over under all right lead the lap our executive producer uh how the hell did we do last week and what's going on this weekly last week you guys lavar uh, kept his lead with a four-point win over you and Brady, Jonas and Brady, tying at two. Wow. So, so Lamar's just dominating. Sorry to give you guys that information from Lee. I mean, let's keep it but, going. But most importantly, it came down to number of beers drinking by Berto on New Year's Eve, which yeah. he smashed the over of eight and a half. Mm. Uh, no proof. Yeah. <laughs> no, no proof. We, we saw no evidence of that, by the way. Yeah, no, no, no proof. He did send... No, he sent proof. He sent photos. Yeah, he sent it photos of empty beer bottles. You didn't send him of him drinking them. And it was the day after. Oh, poured him out. I think he poured them in the sink. I mean, why lie about those accolades? I don't know, man. Yeah. Birdo, man. You never know. Oh, hey, everybody, round up your beer bottles so I can show that ah, I drank a yeah. whole Like, come on. Because he, he doesn't get Rosco de Reyes like I do. He doesn't know, man. <laughs> All right, you guys, starting with Saturday football, Chiefs at Broncos. Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey over under 199 and a half combined receiving yards. Who are um, they playing? At Broncos. Broncos. Under. I'll take yeah. the under. I'm take the under. On I don't. That. I don't know uh, how much. Pat Sertan not playing in this one. It's oh, a big geez. loss. He's, he's had a solid rookie year. I'm just saying. I'm going to take, take the over, Lee. Yeah. Also on Saturday, Cowboys at Eagles. Gardner Minshew with the start passing touchdowns one and a half. Yeah, I'm going to take the over. Well, yeah, you got Philly winning. Yep. Um. I'm gonna take the over too, dude. He he, he was pretty good earlier. I mean, I, I think he's underrated. I'm gonna take the over. And also Parsons as is on the COVID list now. Yeah, that's so. right. You have to worry There's about one him more too. There's one more. That, is it Demarcus Lawrence's as well? There's one more. Yeah, I, have to I look think it up. so. And Trayvon um, might be out too. Uh, you know what, Lee? I think I'm gonna take the over. <laughs> on I'm to, going last. Amari Cooper. That's the other <laughs> oh, side. Uh, yeah. Okay, yeah, that's not good. But um, that Tyron Smith, it. I think, is too. Yeah. yeah, Tyron Smith. Yep. On to Sunday, Packers at Lions. Number of offensive series for Aaron Rodgers: three and a half. Under. I mean, they've already got the number one seed locked up, right? Yes. Yeah. How many? What's a risk? Yeah, and and how many in a normal game? Series? Would you? Would it? How long would it take to get three and a half series? Can, can uh, a you quarter? A, can you answer the question? Yeah, Lee, I'm going to take the under. I think I'm going to take the over. <laughs> Sunday night football. We got Chargers at Raiders. Combined Raiders! yards, passing yards for Derek Carr <laughs> and Justin Herbert, five seventy-four and a half. I'm sorry, Lee. Who's playing again? Chargers at the Raiders. Okay. Thought maybe we hear Roberto again. <laughs> uh, by the way, Roberto's not allowed. He gave up on the team weeks ago. Lee, I'm going to take the. Uh, I'll take the over on those passing yards. Five seventy four and a half. I'm going to take the over too. High scoring game. Come on, come on, come on. I'm going to take the over. All right, Lee. Last National one. National championship between Bama and Georgia. Total fifty two and a half. Over. I'm taking. I'm taking the under. Lee, I think I'm going to take the over on the national championship game. 
There it is. Over-unders. Yeah, that's how it's done. Comes on a Monday. I win. I win. I win. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. 